are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with you all on this Thursday, and it is official. The Pelicans season, two more games to go. And that's it. They are officially eliminated from postseason contention. By postseason contention, we mean just the play-in tournament, not even necessarily a top eight spot. It was a low bar to clear. They didn't manage to do it. We'll talk about that in the first segment. Then we'll break down the game in which they lost and were eliminated in the second segment because you know what? It was a game that you kind of knew they were going to lose. It didn't really matter, but there were bright spots. And frankly, we finally got to see Didi Luzada and that made it probably all worthwhile. We'll talk about his game and the game from the rest of the young guys as well. And then pivot a little bit in the final segment towards the offseason and where the Pelicans look to go and some of the key decisions coming up. Um, And that's really, in about a week, the main thing that we're going to be focusing on for the foreseeable future on the podcast. So let's dive into it all in today's edition of Locked On Pelicans. Today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app. Join me next week, Wednesday at 6 p.m. Central to get in on the action. We played a clip from it yesterday. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. So it's official. The Pelicans are officially eliminated from postseason contention. Postseason contention, again, being the play-in tournament. A new, somewhat gimmick, but also something kind of awesome that the NBA put in to increase the number of postseason spots and create more compelling matchups late in the regular season, giving more teams things to play for versus teams outright tanking, like say the Oklahoma City Thunder or even really the Houston Rockets to a lesser degree, even though they have the worst record, but the Thunder just outright tanking. It's no fun to be a fan of a team like that. We've kind of been there before and it's just kind of miserable it's not fun to root for losses versus your team winning so to that extent one I do think the play-in tournament was a big success looking at the game on Tuesday night between the Lakers and Knicks one of the more compelling games we've seen this season because the Lakers are in the play-in tournament at 40 and 30 in the seventh spot and they don't want to be there and have to play an extra game potentially two extra games to get into the postseason so it's Fun to see that that game where Anthony Davis was injured and shouldn't have kept playing in there. He did, and they gutted out a win in overtime, regardless of what you think about Anthony Davis, was was great. They would have just pulled him. They would have lost the game. That would have been that. But it was one of the better games we've seen so far this year because of the existence of the play-in tournament. And while the Pelicans had a low bar to clear, just get into the play-in tournament was real, you know, really the goal, I think, for many fans. They failed to do that which is disappointing, and there's no other way to put it. Not getting into this is incredibly disappointing, and it should be. There's bright spots this season, a lot of the player development and all of that, that bode well for the future to some degree, but you still would have liked to have seen more wins. And right now, as I'm recording this, their record is 31 and 39. And they were healthy for the majority of the year. It's really only the final like last two weeks that some of those injuries have really, really crept up. But overall, they were one of the healthiest teams, if not the healthiest team all year long. To not be able to put it together and get into the postseason with that kind of luck, which we never see here in New Orleans. Yeah, it's 
disappointing. And it's safe to say that, and it's okay to call the season that, even if it did have a number of bright spots. But the good news is, look, we weren't rooting for an outright tanking team. And I do think that's kind of nice. Even if that should have been the move for New Orleans and the smart move for New Orleans, I do think it's nice to not have to go through that and to not have spent time hoping for losses and being upset over wins and kind of wanting that, you know, that Sixers loss of lose by two, but you're competitive. Yay. It's wonderful to not have to have gone through that this year. And so from that perspective, I do think there's some success to the Pelican season. You know, they're playing games that mattered. They weren't playing necessarily well in those games that mattered, but they were playing games that mattered. There's something to be said for that. But this is only going to matter if they learn from this experience and if mistakes that were made this season are not made next season. And that includes the coaching staff as well. And that includes this team learning what they don't have in certain guys this year and making those changes to the roster to get what they need. Now, the other side of this is the tanking side of it to a degree. Draft picks are incredibly important and the Pelicans still need a lot of work to either overhaul this roster or add more to it. And right now, the Pelicans have the ninth best lottery odds. So we're kind of going reverse odds here. They cannot get better than eighth. They can only get to the eighth best lottery odds, giving them a 26.3% chance. And we don't know if they'll necessarily end there, but they they may. I think it's going to come down to it. So it's actually not the worst. You'd have liked seventh, which jumps up to 32, but that ship has most definitely sailed at this point. So it'll be interesting to see where the Pelicans fall in the lottery, but it's likely going to be eighth, ninth, tenth uh, in, in some way. And that's what you're looking at for them. So on the end of the lottery, but not the very, end of the lottery so that's where they're going to likely stand that means we'll start looking at draft picks around that range and then maybe a couple at the top should the pelicans kind of get lucky and jump into the top four but they're in that little bit of no man's land i think to a certain degree i think they'll probably avoid the 10th spot when it comes to the lottery and i think that's big there's a fairly big difference between ninth and 10th to the tune of about 7% in terms of jumping into the top four. That's going to matter, could matter at least. So I think that's an interesting way to look at it as well. But overall, this was a disappointing season for New Orleans. They definitely underperformed. Defense wasn't right. We'll, we'll do more breakdowns of this coming up. We just got to get through these next two games and we can really pivot towards the offseason. So that's coming up all in the future here on Locked On Pelicans. So before we get into last night's game and the first minutes in the NBA for Didi Luzada, which were kind of awesome despite him not scoring a ton of points, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by rockauto.com. One reason to repair and maintain your cars. Save money. You can use it on other important things. Rent, mortgage, food, date night, whatever it is you want. Why choose to spend 30, 50, 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or a new car dealership? You've got a computer. You can get to rockauto.com, a family business that's been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. So go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Everything you could need, engine control modules, they might even have transmission lines that I just ran on a car, brake pads, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet, whether it's your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer because best of all prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low 
And the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your vehicle right locked on in there. How did you hear about us box so they know we sent you? Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, so the game that actually ended the Pelicans postseason hopes a 125-107 loss to the Dallas Mavericks. And look, I don't even know if that score does this game justice. The Mavs were up by 31 at this point. It was really a 45-point explosion for the Mavericks on offense in the second quarter that buried New Orleans. Other than that, they had been kind of okay, but really in the second and third quarter, this team looked a little bit lifeless. And you could tell they were just outmanned. There was no Lonzo Ball in this one, no Steven Adams. Adams, no Zion Williamson, no Brandon Ingram. That's four of your five starters. We're not out there. The only one being Eric Bledsoe, which is like, I don't know, the one starter you don't want out there. So when you look at this, it's it's really no surprise that they just kind of got smoked. And particularly after how the Dallas Mavericks lost to the Memphis Grizzlies the night before on Tuesday, where they looked pretty lifeless and listless. But Luka Doncic loves playing the Pels, 33 points for him in this one. Kristaps Porzingis was very good, 19 points. And Tim Hardaway Jr., 27 in the backcourt, of course, for the Dallas Mavericks. But really, you weren't expecting good defense. You didn't really think they were going to be able to contain certain guys because they're they're limited. They're shorthanded. The defense hasn't really been great all season long. But you did get some decent performances, I thought, out of a couple of different guys. One, it was great to see Nikhil Alexander-Walker in the starting lineup. Good decision by Stan Van Gundy to replace Lonzo Ball with Nikhil instead of leaving him on the bench, even though Nikhil went 5 of 14 and just 1 of 5 from deep. I like that they made that change and at least gave him that opportunity over the final one of the final three games. We'll, we'll see if he still stays there. He finished with 13 points on the night. You know, you saw Najee Marshall have a bit of an off shooting night, 5 of 11, 0 for 3, but 6 rebounds, 2 assists, and finished with 12 points and a couple of really nice hustle plays, but a bit of an off night for him. Jackson Hayes had an off shooting night, but he put in 15 points, more importantly than anything else. He rolled his ankle, left the game for a little bit, then came back into the game, and that was really the biggest thing, I think, that we saw from him. Not questionable to return. Or anything like that, just came back into the game after a little bit and looked just fine. Though, again, the off-shooting night. But really, the story of this one is kind of three guys, I thought, coming off the bench that didn't really want to give up, even if they didn't have the best scoring nights for all of them. Let's start with rookie Kyra Lewis Jr. He scored 13 points in this game. It took until the fourth quarter for him to get all of those points. Again, three of 10 shooting, but two of four from deep, three, uh, four rebounds, two assists, and just one turnover. Again, it's a rookie who hasn't played much he's not going to have the most consistent shot just yet usually takes guys a little bit to get into a rhythm with that but he's shown he's capable of being aggressive of getting to the free throw line and making those shots and that is a really useful player to have on the team he was not good but he wasn't bad and I like that he kind of never gave up and was playing really hard in this one same with Wenyan Gabriel he's looked kind of good the past couple of games I don't think he's a difference maker and look someone's going to need to step up and play some minutes and when you get 26 minutes the most out of anyone off the bench you should be able to do something I would hope when no one else is really kind of uh, matching your energy or stepping up like he is. Seven points for him, five rebounds. He was just one of three from deep, three of five from the field. But he sets solid screens and he creates a little bit of separation that way. And that's a useful player to have to an extent off the bench. 
he's so cheap. I could see the Pelicans bringing him back next season because why not? And it depends on what else they're going to do in free agency. But you do need to have a bit more of an offensive game than what he's shown. But he does some nice things. I'll definitely give him that. But really the story from this one was Didi Luzada, who finally saw his first NBA minutes playing about 15 minutes in the second half of this game. Did not have a good shooting night. He was 1 of 5 from the field, 0 for 2 from 3 for 2 points. Grabbed 1 rebound. That was it. That's his stat line. But you know what? And he also had 2 fouls. He played awesome defense. And if you watched him, and you should have been, and it was impossible to miss him flying around on the defensive side, staying with his guy. You know, I'm not going to go the full-on hyperbole route that I saw of, oh, he's played the best defense out of any Pelican I've seen all season long. I don't know if that's exactly true. But you know what? He played good defense, and he is fun to watch on that side of the ball and shows a little bit of Tony Allen in him. There's some relentlessness in this guy, and showing that on the defensive side of the ball, fighting through screens, bodying up the guy that he was defending to, like really getting into them, was fun. We haven't seen that consistently all season long for New Orleans. So being able to get a guy that might give you that whenever he's out there on the court, and certainly it appears they have that in Didi, and that was kind of his reputation coming in, really freaking cool to have off the bench. You just don't get that from this team, and I don't know if that's going to be infectious with the rest of the roster next season, but you want to see more of that, and that is a tool to have. I don't know how you work that into the rotation since he's going to be very limited offensively, I think. But he shows you defensively he is ready to be in the NBA right now. Based on the limited stuff that we saw from him in this game, I don't care. He's ready to be a rotation player just for that kind of defense alone. Watch that one play that Clip's making the rounds on Twitter of him just staying with his dude and flying From about the half court line to the left side, he forces a miss. He plays down on the block. He's fighting through screens. He's staying going over them to eliminate the three-point shot, and then he's quick enough to recover. Oh, it's exactly what you want to see out of a guy like him. I'm excited to see more of him over these final two games. And yes, I hope they play him on Friday against Steph Curry. And whenever Curry's on the floor, just put Didi on him. Throw him into the fire. See what he's capable of doing. It should be a whole lot of fun if that's the case. They won't, but I'd love to see it. So this one, really, the performance of the game, kind of the the star of the game, I think, for everyone here in New Orleans was Didi Luzada getting his first NBA minutes and playing awesome defense. So we'll get into a little off-season talk coming up here next on Locked on Pelicans. But before we do that, today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing and you can track it all over at BetOnline and get the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC, MMA action. So before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams are prepping for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website using your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using promo code Locked On for some free money over at betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. So now that the Pelicans are eliminated from postseason contention, we do kind of shift a little bit more towards the offseason. Look, the show's going to be five days a week for the foreseeable future. We'll hit a point where we probably drop down to three at some point, but it's not going to be for 
a while. And so if that's going to be the case, we're going to do this slowly over time, kind of focusing on some different things. I'm going to do a lot of show planning and prep for you all so that we have kind of themes to everything and everything makes a little bit of sense. But some of the key dates to kind of keep in mind for all of this, the play-in tournament starts next week, the 18th through 21st, then the NBA playoffs, May 21st, the season could end on July 22nd, then in June, You also get the NBA Draft Combine, which should be in person in Chicago. The NBA Lottery is going to be on the 22nd. So the Combine is the 21st through 27th. The Lottery, key date for us here in New Orleans, June 22nd. That's going to be a very massive day. Then you get the NBA Draft on July 29th, so end of July. And then in August is when free agency starts. You get the period where you can actually talk to people on the August, starting August 2nd. Then on August 6th, the moratorium ends and you can actually sign players. So there's a lot to figure out for New Orleans during some of this stretch. Kind of some of the order of the way this is going to go is one, the first thing is going to be the lottery. Do they end up with a top four pick? Do they stay at eight, nine, or 10? And if they do stay at eight, nine, or 10, are they looking to move that pick for an established NBA player or are they going to be comfortable with drafting someone there? And who's the player that they trade for, right? We'll cover all of that, but that's going to potentially inform what they do in free agency as well and if they have money or don't have money to be able to spend. So once that pick is kind of one of those things, right? Like either they keep it or they don't. And that kind of sets them on two different paths for that. But then when it comes to free agency, the first thing is Lonzo Ball. Are you going to re-sign him or is he going to go somewhere else? Because that that informs the rest of everything. So you have a couple of key dominoes that really need to fall first before we get a, a lot of clarity on what this team's going to look like next season and if they are going to move a guy like Eric Bledsoe or not. Because Bledsoe you're going to need to attach a pick or two with. And if you're doing that and then trading for someone, are you comfortable with that? That's a lot of draft capital to give up. And so that could present maybe some of a problem to New Orleans. Those picks that they have from the Lakers and the Bucks, I don't know if they're the most valuable things right now. And so that could really hurt New Orleans in some of these negotiations where you've got to make it up for it with quantity rather than quality. And then including a pick with Eric Bledsoe could damage some of those new negotiations to a degree and maybe make it so that you can't bring in the guy that you really want. Though they have enough, they have enough quantity that I think they should be able to get any sort of deal done. In terms of the draft, I'm always asked, what type of player are they going to go after? It's very clear that David Griffin believes in best player available and going after that kind of guy. You know, there was a more NBA-ready guy in Sadiq Bey than Kyra Lewis Jr., who I really, really liked, who's had a really, really good season for the Detroit Pistons. But Kyra absolutely has a higher ceiling than him, and they chose Kyra Lewis Jr. over a guy like Sadiq Bey or some of the other names chosen after him. That's probably the route they're going to go. If they end up with the number two overall pick, they're probably taking Evan Mobley, who's a center. I don't think they would, assuming they keep the pick, of course, I don't think they'd go for fit over best player available. And that is, I think, kind of as a consensus, the number two overall player. So that's kind of the way the offseason is going to look a little bit. And we'll have more about all of this coming up in the like weeks and months to come. So stay tuned for more of that here on Locked On Pelicans. And that's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Pelicans. Thank you all very much for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Be back with you all tomorrow to preview the weekend.